Okay, and we're live. Georgie Dikov, Ray Pete. Guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, today. Thank you, Georgie. Thank you, Ray. And we're just going to rifle through a bunch of questions. Uh, bef but before we do that, uh, how are you, Ray? Very good. Yeah. <laughs> you said the, the weather had gotten a little bit uh, sunnier in Eugene, so that's, uh, that's always it's a positive. It's going to be in the hundreds, over 100 this weekend. And then how do you, uh, do you go sit in the sun or what do you do? Uh, I'm, no, I'm going to stay inside all day tomorrow, <laughs> at least. Uh, uh, we open the door about 1 a.m. when it cools off, blow in some cooler air, uh, and then close it up for the day. The, the house is concrete, so it holds its temperature for, for about a day. And, and blocking that 5G as well. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay, and then Georgie, how are you, sir? I really liked your elevator music that you put it at the start of the show. It was very soothing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear it through my headphones? But, no, I heard. I heard the ah, music. Like, okay. was, was I not? Was I not supposed to hear it? Or oh no, you weren't. Okay, that's a little bit weird. Ray, did you hear the music too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Weird. Okay. <laughs> okay that's. I new... thought it was kind of interesting. You tried to hold a conversation over like this really loud music, and I thought, wow, that must be a new feature. That's like, one of the in conference call music. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the reasons we're upgrading equipment because when I'm talking to you guys uh, before the show, I'm always hearing music, and it's like obnoxious. So, okay, enough of that. This show, like I said, told you guys before, I don't feel like it's for me or necessarily per se, Georgie. Although the. Ray and Georgie, you got your guys' interfacing and bouncing ideas off each other is, um, I think, what the people are here to listen to. Okay, so I'm just going to go through these uh, questions and read them. And Ray, some of this stuff is going to be redundant and answer as much or as little as you want for all of this. So our first one is from Drew, Drew F. And he says, uh, testosterone <laughs> slash M-E-N-T is not 5-alpha reduced, but bodybuilders and some post finasteride sufferers experience benefits in terms of mood, anabolism, etc. Is androgen receptor agonism a likely explanation for the effects? It it is a much stronger androgen than testosterone. Uh, uh, which reduced testosterone is it? Georgie, do you know what this is? It's tr uh, yes, I know. Tr uh, it's it's a new steroid. It's seven alpha methylated version of nandrolone. Um, which is a, a carbon-18 steroid of the estrain family. So it was I'm uh, always yeah. suspicious when they add a methyl group. Yeah, it's it's actually very hepatotoxic, as you know, Ray. Uh, methyl groups at position 17, uh, seven, and potentially others. Um, yeah, they're they've all been proven to uh, have severe hepatotoxicity. But um, bodybuilders like it because I guess they don't value their liver that much. But also. Um, <laughs> It's the steroid that can achieve uh, the same with lower doses, and uh, they think it's worth it instead of uh, abusing the testosterone in higher dosages. That steroid was developed as a, a male contraceptive candidate, um, and I think it's still in clinical trials for that. But uh, even the company that developed it and is running the clinical trials uh, got discouraged given the, the hepatotoxicity. Ray, do you want to clarify the methyl group? So adding a methyl group to a steroid is risky, you said? Uh, uh, yeah, it, it just sends it off on unknown pathways. Uh, the liver uh, never had to deal with such things. Uh, and so uh, I think it's extremely unpredictable and dangerous. Good stuff. And then we've talked about post-finasteride a bunch, so I don't want to um, 
kind of get into that again. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to like. I think his main question was: Are our androgen receptor is activation of the androgen receptor a, a plausible explanation of the antidepressant and general um, like uh, well-being feelings of well-being um, uh, from from using these androgenic steroids? I I think it's plausible. Great stuff. Thank you for that, guys. Okay, Marcelo, this is just a kind of a statement. Thank you, Danny, for your contributions to the community. You are a big reason why Ray's work. Um, wealth of knowledge is available to us. Thank you so much, Georgie, for his continuing curiosity and dedicating his life's work uh, towards advancements in this space. Hope, hope this helps. Thank you, Marcelo. Sincerely appreciate that. Thank you to Ray for being um, humble in inspiration for all things. Uh, Andrew Wallace says, uh, what would you do if you had what would you do if you had Crohn's? What would be your protocol? Me? Ray, always assume, I guess I'm just asking you, and then Georgie can chime in at any any point. Uh, uh, pretty much what I do anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, assume the, the, the uh, intestine is, is my uh, contact with the world, and I have to protect it, and so I don't don't want to uh, offend it in any way. Uh, and uh, Crohn's disease is a, a seriously offended intestine. And from what I've read, you know, it seems like you've dealt with a lot of like serious intestinal uh, things over the years as one w- would in this environment. And so it's not like you're speaking from reading. Ab- I know you, you read obviously a lot, but you're, you're speaking from personal experience. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, starting uh, as a baby with migraines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm which uh, recurred uh, uh, every time I would do certain things wrong uh, up until uh, my mid-40s. Uh, I, I would still, uh, the, the last one, uh, for example, was when I was visiting in San Francisco and didn't realize uh, that, that they had fluoridated water, uh, and I would occasionally drink some of that water, and I was taking Xenomel uh, uh, or, or uh, orally, uh, and w- within two or three days, I, I had a tremendous migraine, uh, and uh, uh, that started me thinking about it. Uh, and fluoride uh, can totally wipe out uh, the activity of T3 if if, if it happens to uh, be present in your stomach, uh, and the uh, T3 is exposed to it. Amazing stuff. Okay, so uh, obviously I have a question yeah, in yeah. regards to Crohn's disease. Hey, Ray, have you seen some of the uh, more recent studies claiming that uh, Crohn's disease may be caused by a type of myco mycobacteria, which is known to cause Crohn disease in animals? And now they're saying the same thing may be may be true in humans. Uh, yeah, but uh, the uh, inflammation and and poor digestion uh, set up the conditions uh, for such things to accumulate and multiply so basically keeping making sure that they you, you don't irritate your intestine more than more than absolutely necessary is at the basis of a, of a protocol for you know keeping uh, yeah, you, you can you can find the mycoplasm in just about any sick person it, it's sort of opportunistic and looks for a, a sore place to live 
So maybe the you know the the, the the this antibiotic therapy that they're now trying in in Europe for this uh, potentially you know they're treating as a bacterial infection, but it's really destroying the microbiome and keeping the intestine sterile, which reduces the inflammation. Not necessarily, it's not only one bacteria. It's just this is helping because it's reducing the uh, the amount of bacteria in, in the in the intestine, anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, just taking a, a, a series of penicillin doses. Or, or eating raw carrots, uh, for example, can have very similar effects. Uh, and in both uh, rats and people, uh, it turns out that anything that uh, cleans up your intestine will lower your cortisol and estrogen and increase your progesterone, uh, just because the intestine is such a, a chronic drain uh, and, and source of stress. Um, in regards to uh, the carrot salad and in general fiber, uh, what are your thoughts on supplementing with pure cellulose if one could find a you know a pure source? Uh, it would be interesting. Uh, they used to sell uh, basically a, a, a cellulose tablet uh, for weight loss. Uh, I, I never tried one, but it seemed like a good idea because uh, cellulose doesn't have the estrogen-promoting symptoms that uh, a lot of other fibers do. Yeah, the reason I mention is I was reading some studies. Uh, they're using various cellulose esters as uh, binders for drugs for developing pharmaceutical drugs, and some of these esters, like for example, ethyl cellulose, showed remarkable antibacterial effects in animals and reduced inflammation. So I thought maybe it's because it's clearing out their intestines somehow. Uh, oh, oh yeah, it, it was a very popular uh, laxative effect as well as weight loss. Was this in the past, like in the maybe 60s I, or 70s? I, I used to see the ads for it on TV as recently as 1986, I think it was. Interesting, very interesting. Speaking of cortisol, uh, okay, this one's from New Health, and they say good uh, good cortisol uh, blocker supplements for weight loss. What is your thoughts on that, Ray? Uh, what blocker? Like a, a, a cortisol blocker. Uh, uh, progesterone and pregnenolone uh, are uh, the best ones I know of. Great. Uh, but um, you know, we're working at the pituitary level, uh, a lot of things, uh, sugar, uh, aspirin, uh, uh, probably uh, sodium, the, the anything that uh, stabilizes your blood sugar and metabolism, reduces inflammation, will uh, 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 defend you against cortisol. Thanks for that. Uh, New Health says, uh, there's now a spinoff of the Ray Peak community with Morley Robbins ideas, uh, a.k.a. Ceruloplasmin. Would you be willing to do a show on this uh, from a Ray Peak perspective? I think these were um, when they originally thought that Georgie and I were just going to do a Q&A. So, Ray, what is your... Um, what are your thoughts on ceruloplasmin? It's like a cute phase reactant. So do you want to be increasing ceruloplasmin? Is that a goal of a diet or lifestyle or supplement uh, a routine? Uh, not my goal. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want to comment on Morley Robbins? You know who that is? Are you familiar with their work? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I have a question. Um, so if somebody has a low ceruloplasmin, uh, some of the studies uh, claim that this is a sign of low thyroid function. Um, in a situation like that, considering that ceruloplasmin 
apparently takes care of the copper and makes sure it's it doesn't become toxic to the various organs. Um, would would somebody be potentially at risk of uh, if they have low seroplasmin and low thyroid? Would they be at risk when eating high copper foods like uh, liver oh, and shellfish? I I, I think so. Uh, 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 did you ever read uh, uh, Carl Pfeiffer's uh, mm-hmm. books? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he, he was. Uh, I think he uh, caused himself to lose pigment by uh, being so obsessive about keeping copper down. Uh, but he was very concentrated on the the risk of of too much copper, uh, probably having. I've seen some people with ceruloplasm deficiency. Yeah, Anne Louise Gittleman, Andy Cutler, and Carl Hoffer or Pfeiffer or whatever, like they were all about copper toxicity being this like humongous problem. And it, it seems like from reading your work that they were just um, misled in, in what they thought was going on. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he took a little capsule of flowers of sulfur every day for many, many years. And he had no trace of skin or hair pigment left. Okay, great stuff. Okay, this one's from Joseph, and he says, uh, can you speak about nitric oxide and the word on the street that it's good uh, for Cialis or Viagra, so that it works like those substances? Uh, 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 I'm afraid there is quite a bit of overlap, and uh, the initial, uh, as soon as uh, Nitric oxide was discovered to be a, uh, produced in the body. Uh, they, they were seeing it, its involvement in everything degenerative and harmful. Then uh, when uh, the, the um, Viagra came on the market, suddenly uh, for about five or six years, everything published was how great nitric oxide is, uh, prevents hypertension and protective against everything. Thousands of articles came out suddenly uh, reversing it from a dangerous free radical to a cure-all. Uh, and then about uh, oh, 10 or 15 years ago, there was a gradual uh, return to sanity and uh, realizing that uh, it, it's one of the very central things uh, to uh, uh, degeneration, uh, aging, uh, uh, the Count the follow-up of trauma, uh, estrogen interactions, uh, everything stress-related and degeneration-related involves the pro-inflammatory effects of NO. Two follow-up questions. He says, is aspirin safe to take every day? And also, is lactose-free milk good? Um. It doesn't taste very good, but I think it's safe enough. It probably doesn't let you absorb nutrients quite as well as as natural lactose-containing lactose-containing milk. But but I don't think it's it's harmful. And then your thoughts on using aspirin every day. Uh, yeah, when when I had a good supply, I was uh, taking it every day, uh, very consistently. But uh, sometimes I, I forget to take it when it, uh, it isn't in a con- convenient form, like uh, some of it 
is powdered so fine it's choking when when you try to take it just on your tongue. Georgie, interrupt me at any time. Okay, this one's a little bit long, so bear with me for a second. Uh, I've been trying to have a baby for more than a year, but I have azoospermia. Confirmed after three semen analyses and undetectable levels of sperm after a te- testicular ultrasound. They found a small uh, vera... How do you say that? Vera soli? Vera, varicocele. Varicocele. In both testicles. I've been taking seven to eight milligrams of extremistine for three weeks. For how, uh, how much longer... Is it safe to take? So this is the first question. Will continued extremistane use help me fix the varicocele as well as the azus? Uh, uh, what's she taking? Examistane. It's a steroidal aromatase inhibitor. I'll, I'll just finish. Oh. I'll just finish up this question. It's like there's two more sentences here um, and we can go through it. Uh, it. If examistane doesn't fix the azuspermia, what else can I do? I'd like to avoid having uh a varicoceleectomy, or even worse, surgical sperm extraction from IVF. Uh, after three weeks of examistane, my total testosterone went from 400 to 756. Examistane has also increased my FSH and LH and are now above standard range. I thought FSH and LH would go down as testosterone goes up. So w- were there bits of that question that you have comments on, Ray? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think you can get a, a safer inhibition of aromatase uh, using aspirin, uh, progesterone, uh, uh, completely safe things. Uh, uh, Thyroid is very important, but um, just with aspirin, uh, progesterone, and thyroid, you can uh, get get your ratio back, uh, testosterone, pregnenolone uh, up, uh, and estrogen down. And uh, supplementing uh, uh, pregnenolone and, and thyroxine uh, historically uh, was very effective for uh, correcting infertility uh, and, uh, and enlivening inactive sperms. And so the azuspermia, if the cholesterol was high and the person wasn't taking enough thyroid, would that that would be a result of that with high estrogen? Uh, uh, yeah. The thyroid and pregnenolone uh, make their energy of, uh, producing uh, system re- revive. Great stuff. Thanks for that. Uh, okay. Peggy says, uh, question for the Q&A. Thoughts on ivermec- uh, ivermectin for COVID uh, prophylaxis, uh, prophylaxis and any alternative as it is almost impossible uh, to get a prescription for it? Thank you. Uh, prophylaxis suggests you would be taking some every day for an indefinite time uh, until you didn't get uh, the infection. Uh, and uh, the, the normal use of it is, is a very short uh, course. <clears throat> and about one person in a thousand in the studies of using it to treat parasites uh, will show signs of brain damage. Uh, and I don't think it's a, a good idea to take maybe thousands of daily doses, even of a moderate amount of something that once in a while is known to cause brain damage. There was some podcast that was talking about ivermectin and a bunch of people emailed me about it like the exact same time. Again, Georgie interrupted anytime. Um, okay. So this person says, uh, uh, I can, I can give a few more. I mean, uh, st- 
uh, based on the studies that recently came out, methylene blue, a well-known antiviral, um, at least four studies came out in the last month saying it, it can both prevent and treat COVID-19. Of course, there's no medical advice, but that's what the study said. Um, instead of hydroxychloroquine, um, you can try plain old quinine. <laughs> My personal favorite, hydroxychloroquine, is just a patented, more liver toxic version of quinine. Uh, Naringenin, also a few good studies. So drinking orange juice um, should should have similar effect than, uh, than taking the isolated version. Um, and aspirin, uh, vitamin C, and vitamin D. I mean, all, all of these uh, now have quite a few studies behind them. Unfortunately, everything is being censored by mainstream media. So you'll have to go to PubMed to find them. But uh, I wouldn't say I th- uh, Ivermectin would be one of the last things I would try considering all the other safer alternatives that are out there. Cyproheptadine, famotidine, which is an acid blocker, but apparently is also potent anti-serotonin agent as well. Uh, really, I, I don't know where the Ivermectin craze is coming from. Maybe that's, that's the only thing that hit the mainstream news, but uh, um, tons of other chemicals uh, safer and 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 cheaper and available over the counter that can do just as well, if not better, better than ivermectin with fewer side effects. And vitamin D is very effective. Uh, there was a study done in Spain in a hospital, uh, which was withdrawn after a, a lot of doctors wrote ignorant letters to the publisher. Uh, and uh, for for some reason, the editor uh, uh, caved in and had it with, uh, withdrawn. But it was very clear that they gave, I think it was 6,000 units, something like that, per day. Uh, maybe it was 8,000 first dose and then 6,000 units a day to people who were admitted uh, to hospital uh, intensive care very sick with COVID, uh, and uh, simply that treatment with vitamin D uh, reduced mortality by about, I think it was 60%, uh, just an absolutely clear difference, but uh, the the readers who didn't like vitamin D uh, quibbled that uh, they hadn't done uh, statistics quite right, but uh, you, you can't miss a 60% uh, disappearance of dead patients. Uh, I would like a doctor to see a doctor argue that that 60% uh, more live people is statistically insignificant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very stupid people uh, were complaining. <laughs> uh, shout out to the Kate Deering and Kitty Blumfield podcast you did with them, right? I thought it was like a tour de force. And you, uh, at least, I, I thought you cleared up every single anti-vitamin D argument that exists on the internet right now. And so I was very thankful for that podcast. And I, I think you can type in Kitty Blomfield, a win at life podcast, a vitamin D repeat, and a person can find it instantaneously. Okay. Uh, okay. Hi, Danny. Hi, Georgie. Uh, hi, repeat. Uh, many thanks for the show. Keep, uh, please keep going. I have one question. My seven-year-old daughter has hypothyroid symptoms, low energy, weight gain, digestive problems. Her TSH is between four and five. And her free, th- uh, free T4 is around 12. Doctors uh, here don't test for other markers, unfortunately. Doctor says everything is okay and no need to worry. Uh, <laughs> do, do you have any suggestions uh, what uh, what we can do? Preferably nutrition, uh, nutritional plus lifestyle. Thanks again, uh, Timo. Please, P.S. I'm lucky. Uh, if you take my question, uh, okay. What do you uh, what do you think about that? 
very important to get the TSH down. Mm -hmm. The TSH at that level itself is causing symptoms, pro-inflammatory symptoms. Uh, And it's going to disturb her her puberty development, uh, all kinds of development. Uh, And the history of, of that uh, b- bizarre attitude towards TSH. Uh, 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 I, I think it's on my website. Uh, Fifty years of fraud mm-hmm. is part of the title. Uh, that, that there's just no scientific basis for uh, relying on uh, TSH, it, especially at such very high levels as uh, five. And, uh, you know, just my limited understanding of things of reading through hypothyroidism, the unsuspected illness, like he wrote, it talks about childhood hypothyroidism and it's not crazy to investigate a thyroid supplement for a child, right? Oh, not at all. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it has started at a very young age, mm-hmm. uh, but it's increasingly important around uh, seven or eight or nine uh, when uh, the first signs of puberty are coming on because the estrogen is going to slow down the thyroid function. Great stuff. Okay. This one's from JV marketing and they say, uh, hi guys. I recently started taking thyroid 12.5 micrograms of T3 and 37.5 micrograms of T4. I am day three into this and my waking temperature has been slightly lower than usual. Is it normal for a slight dip in temperature before improvements are made? Could this be a nutritional deficiency? Uh, uh, yeah, very low thyroid people uh, will have, especially during the night, uh, high cortisol and adrenaline usually. Uh, and uh, you should check your pulse at the same time uh, when you wake up uh, along with the temperature. Uh, and then after uh, having a breakfast with, uh, for example, a lot of orange juice, uh, the uh, stress hormones are going to be decreased uh, when you get your uh, glucose level up. So the adrenaline goes down, uh, the cortisol will go down. Both of those uh, have kept your uh, uh, temperature uh, kept up by the, the both of them uh, and pulse rate kept up by uh, high adrenaline during the night. Uh, and so uh, by which of those changes the most, you, you can tell uh, uh, what night night stress was responsible for them. Uh, and when, when you get your thyroid uh, gradually improving your carbon dioxide production and uh, stabilizing your glycogen stores, uh, your nocturnal stress goes down. Uh, and so you're uh, re- revealing the hypothyroid uh, condition that was hidden uh, under the stress hormones. Uh, during uh, daytime testing, people uh, who were very thy- hypothyroid, such as a, a five or six on the TSH level, uh, uh, have been uh, very hyper and, and normal uh, seeming, uh, not not fat or uh, uh, edematous or or sluggish or anything, but they were found to have thirty to forty times the daily output uh, of adrenaline, uh, making up for, for the uh, low thyroid production. Uh, and uh, so it's uh, pretty common to, to have extreme 
uh, slowdown uh, when you start uh, on your thyroid. That's why it's so important to keep a, a chart uh, marked off for uh, at least two or three weeks uh, showing uh, uh, your temperature and pulse rate both on the same chart uh, so that you can uh, draw a line and where it should uh, with an ideal starting dose of thyroid, you should see the lines rising uh, steadily towards the the goal of pulse rate and temperature at the end of two or three weeks. Uh, but if at first you see the numbers going down, uh, that's evidence that you're getting out of the stress. Great stuff. Thank you for that, Ray. Uh, okay, this one's from Jean mega super supporter of the show. And she says, uh, I wanted to, a lot of these people are mega su- super supporters, but I wanted to ask and hear more about why people who are vaccinated are getting colds and flus right now. There seems to be a lot of discussion in my neighborhood that people are out sick at work and feeling flu slash cold uh, symptoms, even though it's extremely warm here. Uh, the, the purpose of any vaccine is to create a systemic inflammation uh, and in general uh, uh, that weakens your uh, overall immune system uh, even though it pumps up your specific antibodies uh, the general inflammation uh, is a, a weakness at least uh, uh, during the time you're having symptoms and uh, unfortunately sometimes for a much longer time uh, such as uh, the year after uh, people had an influenza vaccination, their rate of coronavirus infection w- was greatly increased, 50 or 60% more likely uh, to get infected by a different virus uh, because they were protected against influenza virus. Uh, so the idea... Uh, the, the, the uh, officials actually say stupid things like uh, get vaccinated. It'll make you healthy. <laughs> uh, thanks for that. Uh, and we'll take a, like a break here, Ray, like, uh, I don't know, like maybe 20 minutes or so. Cause I know this, I don't give you like a lobotomy from just asking you a hundred questions. Um, but I know I have a question about the yeah. vaccines. Uh, is there any truth to saying that basically they're, the vaccines are sacrificing general immunity, um, it, you know, in order to boost specific resistance to a very specific virus, uh, while at the same time making you vulnerable? Just as you mentioned, they also mentioned influenza and corona, but I think this applies to any virus, right? If you shift the immune response protecting for only one virus, you're, you're exposing yourself, becoming more compromisable to all the other viruses. Uh, uh, yeah, the, there were, I think, 10 studies showing that with influenza uh, follow-up. But uh, the whole doctrine, uh, going back to uh, Ehrlich's time, uh, it's a drug industry-centered theory of what immunity amounts to. Uh, uh, Paul, Paul Ehrlich uh, was selling his patent drugs uh, and he shared the Nobel Prize uh, with Metchnikoff, who was an embryologist who saw uh, immunity as the whole organism maintaining itself, uh, uh, a total uh, 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 inclusive concept of what immunity or resistance is, where, where 
uh, Ehrlich uh, proposed a theory that uh, was ideal for selling uh, uh, magic bullet drugs. Uh, the, the concept of magic bullet uh, w- was converted to the uh, uh, antibody theory of, of immunity that your B cells uh, uh, pr- produced a specific uh, immunity. Uh, uh, so uh, logically, if you don't have a, a specific drug for every conceivable disease, uh, then you're going to need a vaccine for uh, every existing or possible disease because uh, the antibody theory of immunity is is really just a, a silver bullet, uh, one drug to sell for one disease. Great stuff. Okay, uh, this one's from James B. And he says, question... Uh Okay, this, this kind of trends on the first question we talked about. He says, question, if your lab rat was supplementing with pregnenolone, progesterone, and DHEA, and you had the task of building the most amount of muscle while somewhat preserving somewhat preserving your health, could you outline a potential stack you would use? I was thinking about 50 milligrams of testosterone base along with 25 milligrams of Masteron. I know these aren't hepatoxic, but would you dissolve these in tocopherol? And take sublingually before swallowing for maximal effect. P.S. Your thoughts on low dose trenbolone base? <laughs> uh, even with natural uh, testosterone, I, I think people are generally getting overdosed. Uh, a very healthy, uh, very young man might produce four or five milligrams of testosterone per day. Uh, and so, uh, one or two milligrams uh, well assimilated uh, should give you a tremendous boost of virility and, and muscle strength. Uh, and uh, with DHEA, uh, the teenage production is 12 to 15 milligrams. Uh, and so uh, at, uh, it goes steadily down with, with aging, similar to testosterone. Uh, but uh, by the time uh, a person is 30 or 40, five milligrams uh, will, will still bring them up uh, to a normal level of DHEA. Uh, and the, the others, uh, uh, the, the uh, o- overdose is uh, apparently the desired state. But, uh, <laughs> so I have a question about the amounts of steroids. Uh, yes, a younger, a young virile man will produce four to five milligrams of testosterone, but they also clear estrogen much more effectively than an older person. So their their testosterone to estrogen ratio or testosterone to cortisol ratio is pretty high. An older person um, basically st- tends to be overloaded with both estrogen and cortisol while having their testosterone levels drop. Um, so the four to five milligrams. Yes, they will potentially bring up the testosterone levels up to the levels of a young virile man, but they won't necessarily fix the issue with the high estrogen and high cortisol. So that person may not be necessarily feeling the same, um, you know, uh, anabolic or mood boosting or whatnot effects that a younger person would get from such a dosage simply because their stress hormones are too high. Um, and I think that may be why older people and bodybuilders in general, they're overdosing these steroids simply because they're not addressing the thyroid angle um, and they're trying to shut down their stress hormones by simply o- over flooding them and overcrowding them with these androgens. Um, that's why I may, that there may be one reason why they're using such high doses. 
for, for several reasons, a thyroid is our basic anabolic hormone. Uh, it, it directly activates protein synthesis, l- lowers cortisol uh, and the breakdown of protein, uh, and uh, 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 inhibits uh, the, the effect of cortisol and inflammatory things on, on aromatase. So it's an aromatase and, and cortisol antagonist. So, so basically, an, an, an anabolic approach with steroids should always take into account thyroid, right? Or at least some other option of blocking yeah. cortisol in a safe manner. Yeah, as the basic anabolic substance, the the, the muscles, uh, uh, if they're uh, under stress or, or idle, uh, enforced idleness uh, will cause the muscle to actually produce and secrete uh, cortisol and estrogen. Uh, and when they're properly activated with thyroid uh, and activity, uh, they will be a, a source of testosterone uh, and a sink for uh, uh, cortisol. Okay, great stuff. Thanks for that, guys. Uh, okay, so this one's from Craig. He says, uh, Craig Doe, I've been diagnosed with severe sleep apnea induced by arterial fib- uh, fibrilla- fib- fibrillation. I'm on meds that make me feel terrible. Tried car- cardi- cardioversion, didn't work. I'm 53 fit. Use a CPAP. Any ideas how to get off meds? Thank you. Uh, um, people who are using uh, that uh, CPAP uh, are almost always hypothyroid and low in progesterone. Uh, for many years, uh, they've been curing uh, sleep apnea uh, with, with prothyroid things and progesterone. Uh, but progesterone uh, lowers the stress hormones, improves the depth of sleep, and maintains regular breathing and prevents hyperventilation. The real problem in sleep apnea is cyclic hyperventilation followed by cessation when you go deficient in carbon dioxide. Your your breathing stops, and you could even die from respiratory arrest if you are producing so little carbon dioxide. So thyroid and progesterone directly correct the problem. Acetazolamide has been used, I think, for 50 or 60 years to treat sleep apnea, and it... It indirectly raises your carbon dioxide level and keeps stimulating your breathing through the night. Amazing. Thank you for that, Ray. Uh, this next one's from... I have something Go to ahead. add. Uh, most drugs on the market currently for AFib, uh, which is the uh, common name for atrial fibrillation, um, are blood thinners. And the flagship drugs known as Xarelto was approved by the FDA uh, with the FDA's knowledge that the trial, clinical trials conducted in Mexico and other Latin American countries were 100% fraudulent. Uh, there's a famous article by the Slate magazine, which came out in, I think it was 2016 or 17, where they did an expose of how FDA knew 
that the trials were fraudulent, not simply deficient, but fraudulent. Data was made up to to support the approval of the drug. And and when uh, uh, Slate and other journalists tried to contact um, FDA, basically FDA refused to comment on it and threatened the journalists that they will sue them and impose a gag order if they continue walking around and talking how Zarelto is a dangerous, potentially uh, murderous drug. Um, so I would try to get off that drug because there are many other safer blood thinners. A, a, a subsequent trial um, it was done outside of the United States. I forgot where, but it compared aspirin to Zarelto and found aspirin to be more effective and safer. Um, so uh, I, I think Zarelto may be causing a lot of these problems, um, uh, especially with the lowering of uh, carbon dioxide. It's really not a safe drug. Wait, you're saying the pharmaceutical companies are corrupt, Georgie? <laughs> okay. I'm saying the FDA is corrupt. Oh, okay, I had never heard that before. Okay, um, that is wild. Okay, thank you for that, Georgie. Thank you, Ray. Um, where is I? Okay, okay, this was Muhammad, and he says, question for Dr. Ray Pete. My mom is borderline diabetic, removed thyroid, and has pain in her feet that borders uh, that bothers her a lot. What can she do to treat this? What was her thyroid condition? I, I think she had it removed, he said. Uh, oh, well, uh, the doctors likely uh, prescribe thyroxin, uh, and in women, uh, thyroxin fails to be activated properly uh, because of estrogen uh, interfering with liver function, which should account for uh, about two-thirds of your active thyroid function. So. Uh, for most women, uh, thyroxin being what doctors like to prescribe just isn't correcting the problem. Uh, and so getting on a real thyroid supplement is, is essential uh, when you've had the, the gland removed. And maybe you feel confident in armor in the U.S. right now? I haven't uh, tried any armor uh, in, in recent years, but I haven't heard any uh, new bad things about it. For several years, they were going back and forth, uh, failing FDA tests and so on. But for several years now, uh, I haven't heard bad things about it. So uh, it's the only uh, glandular right now that, that I would trust. But uh, d during the time that uh, armor uh, was uh, be being reformulated in the early 90s, uh, I shifted to uh, the synthetics, first Thyrolar, uh, formulated by Armour uh, to exactly imitate natural uh, Armour thyroid, uh, and then Cineplus, which exactly imitated the Thyrolar formula, uh, and uh, uh, made by the same company that makes Cinomel or, or Pure T3. And uh, so those have been very reliable uh, now for uh, at least 30 years. Thank you for that. Amazing stuff. Okay, we're coming up on uh, 45 minutes or so. Uh, thank you, Ray. Thank you, Georgie. Uh, I sincerely appreciate you guys making this show possible. Harrison, huge, gigantic donation. Thank you so much, Harrison. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, make all this possible. You know, Matthew T, also another extremely generous donation. Thank you, guys. And then we'll move on to these super chats. Um, maybe maybe we'll take a, like a quick break here, Ray, and, and maybe we can talk about Progest E for just a millisecond. <laughs> so okay. uh, 3,400 milligrams of progesterone per bottle dissolves in vitamin E. 
You can email uh, Keenagen at gmail.com, aka Catherine, and you can she'll ship it extremely fast. She just shipped me 12 bottles of it and it's sitting in my refrigerator right now. And Ray, do you want to dip into your gigantic bag of positive uh, progesterone stories and, and say anything about it? Oh, um, no, nothing occurs <laughs> to me right now. <laughs> well, okay, one, one thing you said on the vitamin D uh, with Kate Deering and Kitty was you didn't really think of it like a hormone. It's just this like generalized state, uh, stabilizing factor in cells. And so I, I think you said that before, but that re- that resonated when you talked about it. That 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 was like a uh, yeah, uh, the brain is a, a major source and and uh, goal of progesterone, and men have just as much in their brain or, or should as as women. Uh, and uh, it's involved in the cell division process uh, all the way up to uh, nerve and muscle function, uh, every conceivable thing in higher animals uh, depends on progesterone. Great stuff. Thank you for that. Uh, so Kenogen at gmail.com. You can message Catherine and she's very nice and she'll send out the progesterone very quickly. So, Thanks to Catherine. Thanks to Kenogen. Okay. Uh, Nick P174 just donates $10. Thank you for that, Nick. Rising Stronger for $9.99 says, For Dr. Pete, I've heard you mention milk and fruit as the uh, cosmic diet and wonder if there is an ethical component to how you view and structure your nutrition. Uh, Thanks to the the three of you. Uh, Yeah, it has to do with cosmic entropy, actually. Uh, It's why... Uh, 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 the the uh, uh, whole energy concept of existence uh, in, involves the uh, cephalization process in all animate beings, and you can trace those processes of increasing consciousness and uh, uh, brain development uh, uh, through uh, the physics of the universe. It all has to do with uh, 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 creating order, maintaining order. uh, And uh, it happens that that milk and and fruits are uh, the the, uh, uh, simplest and uh, most order-preserving uh, way to uh, integrate your life uh, with the cosmos. I love it. Thanks for that, Ray. Um, okay, this one's from Umar, and they say, they say, uh, does a benign tumor have a similar metabolism to a cancerous one? I have, I have had a benign osteochondrodroma on my upper femur since childhood. What ways slash supplementing can help in removing it? Thank you all. Uh, if it's quiescent, not inflamed or growing, uh, no, it doesn't have uh, the cancer metabolism. It's just a, a structural defect. Uh, but uh, any inflammation, uh, according to the degree of the inflammation, uh, is going to start having the cancer metabolism. Great stuff. Thanks, Georgie. I wanted to mention uh, rubbing progesterone on it, since it's simply a fibrotic structure, 
may help a lot. Uh, there's there's some older studies that seem to have stopped around the 70s that kept calling progesterone the most potent antifibrotic chemical known to men. <laughs> and they suddenly stopped. I guess the pharmaceutical industry got involved. But they had success in, in animal studies by applying progesterone topically or subcutaneously and managing to dissolve multiple metastases of much, much worse and, and malignant tumors. Um, so th- that I think... I don't see a reason why it couldn't be applied uh, in this case as well. Uh, yeah, uh, the anti-fibrotic effect, I- I've seen uh, examples of hundreds of times. Uh, I-, I think the reason they stopped talking about uh, uh, that I- effect is that uh, the mechanism uh, it involves uh, interfering with estrogen's uh, pro-fibrotic effect, activating nitric oxide and serotonin. Uh, that a group of uh, inflammatory uh, uh, things, estrogen, nitric oxide, and serotonin, are are all uh, bl- blocked by progesterone, uh, and those are the uh, pro-degenerative, pro-fibrotic uh, uh, substances. Great stuff. Thanks for that, guys. Um, this one's from James. He says, hi, guys. I've had man boobs for years, which recently developed into gynecomastia but only on my left breast. Is there a way to reverse this? Thank you. Uh, just today, I got an email uh, saying that his uh, chest fat and gynecomastia uh, re- regressed uh, thoroughly uh, from taking quite a bit of progesterone. Uh, but uh, I think it's essential to uh, use vitamin D and, and thyroid and uh, all of the uh, anti-aromatase. Uh, substances, including some aspirin, uh, uh, to, to keep it under control. Amazing. Great stuff. Uh, this one's from another James. They say, when approximately did the United States transform from a constitutional republic into an empire, or was the USA always set up to be one from the beginning? Uh, well, the, the spreading from the, the colonies across the continent uh, uh, taking uh, the western United States away from from Mexico and then following that up with uh, uh, war against Spain uh, to take the the Philippines and Cuba, Uh, uh, the imperial uh, mentality goes back right uh, almost to the beginning. Uh, uh, But the... uh, uh, 20th 20th century has been steady imperialism with with the uh, uh, the banana republics being kept in line with sending battleships every year or so they would threaten another country in the hemisphere and there was a temporary let up with FDR's good neighbor policy. Or as good as we are. Ray, are you still there? I just actually. Yeah, he's there. Okay, I just lost everything. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Go ahead, Ray. Sorry. Uh, the it has just grown in its intensity, starting right at FDR's death, 
policies were absolutely 180 degrees reversed where, where he had uh, planned a post-war uh, anti-imperialist policy. Uh, he he uh, got, had a conference with Wendell Wilkie. Uh, they agreed that whichever party won uh, after uh, his term was up uh, would follow the uh, decolonization uh, anti-imperialist uh, world policy. But it happens that uh, uh, Wilkie got a, a cold and died uh, at a very young age. And then uh, just before Roosevelt could find out that uh, Alan Dulles was committing treason and aligning himself with the uh, German intelligence uh, Galen uh, system uh, to take over the world. Uh, uh, Roosevelt died uh, just before he uh, could learn uh, that fact. And so immediately with his death, uh, the Dulles faction uh, took over uh, with a single-minded imperialism Great stuff. Thanks for that. I'm getting told that the audio is a little bit wonky, but I uh, I guess we're just going to have to keep going here. Uh, I don't know what's wrong. This is why we're trying to buy new equipment. (laughs) Okay. um, Where was I here? Uh, Okay. Nick says, hey, guys, uh, say a guy lost the ability to ejaculate and then also slowly over a period of a couple years uh, was also basically unable to get an erection. What things would be the most important to look into? Uh, having blood tests uh, would be very useful uh, to see what your cortisol and estrogen, uh, DHEA, progesterone, and thyroid uh, uh, and testosterone are doing. Great. Yeah, I want to add to that that uh, uh, sometimes doctors will just test the, uh, test the testosterone, but uh, I've, uh, several large human studies show that uh, you can have erectile dysfunction and ejaculatory problems and fertility problems even in men with normal levels of testosterone and DHEA uh, as long as either prolactin or estradiol are, are uh, either elevated or in the top 25th percentile of the quote-unquote normal range, which we know it's not really normal. <laughs> Great stuff, guys. Thank you. Uh, okay, this one's another from Nick, and he says, my heart rate... Is, okay, so this might <laughs> clarify the last question. He says, my heart rate is in the low 50s while sitting, but while standing and also resting, it's in the 80s. Should the sitting be close to the 80s? Causes? I think it should be higher than that, unless there's some reason. If you have a, a, a really big heart, uh, it can pump uh, a lot of blood uh, with the pulse as slow as 50, but ordinarily uh, you aren't pumping enough blood uh, to keep things in very good health if it's running that slow. And that would just be a general sign of hypothyroidism, right? I think so. Great stuff. Okay, Space Space 99 Yak says, is the herb Butea superba root good for DHT? I've never heard of it. <laughs> Any thoughts, Jordy? I I have to look it up. I mean, uh, I don't know. I've heard of the herb, but I don't know through what mechanism it would be uh, good for DHT. I know nettle root um, is actually a drug in Germany, and they're using it to treat prostate problems. And they kept saying for years that 
uh, oh, it's because it lowers the androgens, and then it turned out it actually it contains aromatase inhibitors and is raising DHT instead of lowering it. Great stuff. Okay, this one's from Gaza Mongo, and they say, can the thyroid be damaged with exogenous T3? Is the feedback loop shutting the thyroid down activated by a certain amount daily or per dose, i.e. could a uh, small doses be additive rather than a replacement? If you get as much thyroid function as you need, uh, the gland should adjust itself. It's always uh, uh, responsive uh, to signals such as adrenaline and TSH. Uh, 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 and the, uh, you can shut the TSH down completely uh, and then if you stop shutting it down uh, with the, the large doses, it, it pops back very quickly. Uh, uh, I've seen my own uh, thyroid gland when I was taking 50 micrograms uh, of T3 per day. Uh, I developed holes about as big as my index finger on each side of my Adam's apple uh, between that and the the muscles, uh, and uh, so I stopped taking uh, the T3 uh, uh, for just a day or two, uh, and uh, immediately, uh, within 24 hours, uh, my neck had leveled out. Uh, the, the gland uh, swells and shrinks according to need. Uh, so the, the, a lot of doctors will talk about uh, uh, suppressing or damaging your thyroid gland uh, by supplementing uh, because they're reasoning from uh, what happens to your uh, adrenals or testicles if you overdose uh, on uh, one of the hormones, uh, uh, high, high cortisol or glucocorticoid use can cause uh, your adrenals to shrink to the point uh, that if you suddenly stop uh, the supplement, uh, you, you might die uh, from the absence of adrenal uh, production. Uh, but uh, the adrenals uh, will gradually, uh, over about a month, recover uh, if you are, are well nourished uh, after you've totally suppressed them uh, with too much cortisol. Uh, the uh, thyroid gland uh, only takes a day or so uh, to completely recover. Thanks for that, Ray. Uh, Kana? I have a question oh, yeah. about pregnenolone and the adrenals. Um, as you know, Ray, the older studies in the early 20th century showed that when you give people under stress pregnenolone, it decreases their output of 17 ketosteroids. Isn't that a sign of potential partial adrenal suppression by pregnenolone, or is it simply giving them a break? Uh, um, I, I think it's um, uh, supplying whatever... Uh, function uh, they were producing, uh, uh, so they aren't needed. Uh, in the study of uh, uh, rats, uh, they measured their cortisol production and uh, other hormones and uh, found a, a normal variation. Most of them were normal, a few were uh, hyper uh, producers of, of cortisol, but they gave them. I think it was 10 grams of 
injected a stomach full of, of uh, powdered pregnenolone uh, and then studied their hormones. Uh, there were no endocrine changes that they could detect except in those which had been under stress with high uh, cortisol production. Their cortisol uh, went down to normal, uh, receiving those gigantic doses of pregnenolone. So the person, basically, that, that's under a lot of stress, pregnenolone doesn't just have an anti-cortisol effect, but it also gives the adrenals, uh, you know, what they need, gives the adrenals a break, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, yeah, the, the adrenals and, and gonads are, are potentially self-regulating. The pituitary is just uh, uh, there for an additional boost. Uh, when Hen Selye was experimenting uh, with uh, removing adrenals, uh, he found that after uh, the uh, tissue-stored uh, steroids had dissipated, uh, just a moderate amount of stress would kill the animals because they didn't have the, uh, the, the adrenal resilience to to meet the stress, but uh, where the, the ordinary rat would die from a, a little bit of a stressful situation, he noticed that the pregnant rats didn't even notice, had no ill effects from an increased adaptive stress. And so he experimented removing the adrenals and supplementing progesterone, and they lived a normal lifespan with no adrenal hormones at all. Progesterone supplement totally replaced all of the adrenal hormones, aldosterone and cortisol. In, in particular, have you seen any studies that discuss the uh, the effects of uh, pregnenolone specifically on the pituitary? I know there there are a lot of studies uh, by Sally and others. Oh. Uh, uh, on, only that old nineteen fifties uh, study in which the cortisol uh, was corrected. So you think pregnenolone does does have a direct effect on the pituitary? Uh, yeah, yeah, the same way that uh, any anti-stress uh, substance, uh, uh, progesterone or, or sugar uh, or aspirin, for example, will uh, stop the exaggerated pituitary activity. Okay. Great stuff. Thanks for that, guys. Okay, this one's from Joshua, and he says, My wife is 24 years old, experiencing low libido and hot flashes after having our second child. What can be done to bring her sex drive and energy back? Uh, uh, generally, thyroid is the thing, but uh, you have to check the whole nutritional uh, pattern, uh, not getting enough calcium and vitamin D uh, in, interferes with your uh, mitochondrial energy production, uh, re regardless of your <clears throat> thyroid status. So, uh, uh, drinking milk, taking vitamin D, uh, uh, drinking or orange juice, uh, and maybe supplementing uh, thyroid would be uh, uh, the, the usual thing to do. 
Thanks for that, Ray. Okay, Kana for uh, 2,440 yen, and she provides a sticker, and I can't really tell what's going on there. Thank you for that, Kana. <laughs> uh, no question there. Uh, okay, so Space99Yak says, uh, your thoughts on how to reverse the aging process and increase, uh, increase health span, the basics and advanced stuff that you might not talk about as much. Carbon dioxide. Uh-oh. Uh, very, very important for uh, stopping the stress and degenerative uh, processes uh, and uh, uh, vitamin D, calcium and, and thyroid and progesterone uh, are uh, part of their function is to uh, normalize, optimize the balance between carbon dioxide and lactic acid. I have a question about carbon dioxide. Um, you you talk about it in your articles is a uh, it's actually it is a Lewis acid, um, and you also talk about it, partial oxidation, putting the the cell in an oxidized state. Um, it, it has a structure similar to the quinones. It's much simpler, but it does have those two uh, carbonyl groups. But I, I'm not aware of any direct reaction in the organism where carbon dioxide actually directly takes an electron and becomes reduced in the in the process. Um, how how does its electron withdrawing function work in the organism? Uh, the inductive e- effect, uh, wherever it's uh, attracted uh, to an electron-rich area, uh, those electrons sort of bulge towards uh, the Lewis acid uh, uh, that has an electron attracting effect and the the bulging of those electrons uh, by by induction through through the carbon chain uh, reduces the uh, electron availability uh, two or or three carbons down the line. Uh, And so the whole uh, quality, electronic quality of, of the whole protein molecule uh, is uh, affected in, in uh, a shift towards positivity or relative electron uh, deficiency. Uh, and when you're full of CO2, uh, all of your proteins have that shift. Uh, and the flavonoids from uh, uh, orange juice and, and milk and uh, lots of uh, uh, fruits and vegetables, uh, they can, uh, by partial oxidation, uh, like uh, vitamin C inside the cell be- becomes oxidized and then becomes uh, an electron uh, recipient. Uh, the flavonoids uh, become uh, similar uh, uh, electron attractors and shift the whole structure of the cell into that relatively partial electron deficient state. And that affects, through the inductive effect, one protein has its influence on surrounding proteins. So the whole system is a cooperative electron a slightly deficient condition, an acidic condition. In other words, the whole whole cell turns into an acid. 
So a, a more specific example, uh, let's say you have a molecule of NADH, so the, the reduced version of NAD, it's the electron carrier. So the presence of high amounts of carbon dioxide, would they be able to directly oxidize NADH back into NAD, or would they have a more indirect effect? Indirect, shifting the whole system, activating the electron uh, transport chain, uh, uh, turning off uh, uh, lactic acid production, uh, shifting the balances everywhere uh, towards uh, uh, reducing lactic acid and NADH uh, and glutathione, uh, shifting it towards uh, the oxidized uh, uh, balance. In the flavonoids, uh, looking at their structure, they actually are capable of becoming fully electron withdrawing agents, right? They will actually be able to oxidize the NADH back to NAD. Uh, uh, yeah, that seems to be why uh, uh, things like fisetin uh, have an anti-aging effect. Uh, they uh, uh, turn turn off the uh, uh, in inflammation and stress excess of electron production uh, and uh, one one of the ways you have to think about it is that uh, this isn't a, a, a static condition. It's a, a pressure of electrons uh, flowing uh, their their electrons in motion between uh, the uh, energy source and the electron consuming uh, uh, cytochrome oxidase. Uh, so it's uh, if you think of the Venturi effect. In, in gas or water, uh, the pressure goes down as the uh, speed of flow increases. Uh, and so what thyroid and these uh, substances, uh, pro-oxidative substances, uh, uh, do is to accelerate the flow of electrons, uh, decreasing uh, the risk of random lipid peroxidation by escaped uh, electrons because as the flow increases, the pressure, electronic pressure decreases, so the whole cell becomes uh, shifted uh, away from electrons towards oxidation. So, so in theory, uh, combining carbon dioxide, whether I mean raising carbon dioxide and having the presence of these direct electron withdrawing agents will be even more therapeutic. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so. Th uh, I don't think anyone knows what the the, the upper limit of oxygen consumption is, but uh, health, health and longevity, uh, uh, as far as anyone has tested, uh, will increase as the, that flow uh, uh, rate increases. Have you seen that recent study on, on fisetin being on a, uh, a very effective senolytic, seno, I think is the word, senolytic chemical? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's more than that. Uh, I, I think uh, it can actually correct the inflammatory process and not have to kill the cells. Do you think things like naringenin, apigenin, uh, other similar uh, flavonoids would have similar effect? Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of them have been tested, for example, for uh, preventing or, or treating radiation sickness, uh, uh, the, the uh, ultimate in electron excess disease, uh, and they're very powerful in, in protecting against or uh, curing uh, radiation injury.
So sounds like a glass of orange juice and a little bit of vitamin B1 would be a great combination as an anti-aging agent. Uh, yeah, probably every few minutes a glass of orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Thanks for that, guys. Okay, Space 99 Yak. Or you know what? This, uh, this is another one about ivermectin. We kind of already talked about that, but they say, I, uh, can ivermectin help protect against the harms of the spike proteins modified by the AstraZeneca DNA vaccine by occupying spike protein receptors? I, I, um, you already. I, I, I don't know if that connection between ivermectin and and the receptors. But it, you, you, we said earlier that was a risky substance, and so it's like combining two risky substances together, basically. Um, I think a safer method would be trying to raise the levels of the ACE2 enzyme because that's what the spike protein binds to, if if I'm not mistaken. And uh, recent, yeah. yeah. Right, uh, that's the the, the the medical establishment was got it exactly backward, <laughs> and the thing is that increased the ACE two substance and the the one to seven angiotensin fragment, which is the result of ACE two action. Those are increasingly recognized as the therapeutic and, and curative. Uh, uh, agents uh, and so uh, everything uh, that we know of as protective against COVID uh, it, it involves the increase of, of the 1 to 7 angiotensin uh, and the ACE2 enzyme that produces it. Thanks for that. I found a very interesting study showing that progesterone directly increases and quite dramatically the levels of ACE2 while at the same time lowering the amount of ACE. So it should have like a double punch effect, like protecting both from COVID and and, and potentially the, the spike protein. Of course, there are many other bad things in the vaccine, but uh, I think progesterone uh, seems promising based on that study for uh, for protection against at least the virus. Uh, yeah, and it's safe to use all the time uh, preventively. Do you think it may help? I mean, I know there's studies about progesterone and influenza. Um, have you seen any studies about progesterone and other viral particles? Uh, 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 yeah, it actually has some antiviral or anti-replication effects. Uh, stabilizing the cell uh, makes the, the virus uh, not have any any, any uh, support for replicating. Thanks for that. Uh, okay, Space99 Yak says, any way of getting rid of acne scars? Um, depends on what the scar is like. If it's still inflamed, uh, sort of uh, like a, a, a slight keloid, uh, uh, vitamin E and, and progesterone applied to it uh, can shut off the uh, production of inflammatory things like estrogen and nitric oxide uh, and restore the the tissue uh, to, to more or less normal uh, so it l loses the inflamed appearance. Um, I have a, another thing to add. Uh, there's a human study showing that a 4% niacinamide solution, separate studies actually, one used 4% niacinamide solution in water. The, the, the other one used 1% aspirin solution in water. Uh, both of these help to reduce the formation of scars, uh, even in severe acne. Uh, I, I think combining them into one solution, 4% and 1%, would probably work even better. 
great stuff. Uh, okay, this is from Ellie, and they say uh, morning temps not budging, but day temps improves on thyroid. Why? Morning temps not budging, but day temps improves on thyroid. So they're taking thyroid. They're good. Uh, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, while while you're lying in bed, uh, uh, hypothyroidism isn't doing so much damage. So the important thing is to uh, keep the numbers uh, optimal and, and steady during the daytime. Thanks for that. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks, Ray. Um, Janet Pack, again, another, a lot of these people are chronic supporters of the show, but she just sent a sticker for $50. Thank you so much, Janet. DBO514 uh, for $10 says, get, get yourself some gear, son. Thank you so much, DBO514. Kirk says, what's the best strategy for someone with diabetes with swollen purple legs and significant water retention? Thank you all. I, I would start with um, vitamin D, getting adequate calcium, uh, normalizing thyroid, uh, progesterone, and pregnenolone. Uh, and uh, then uh, when you get your metabolism uh, steady and some of the edema reduced, uh, then uh, shifting the diet uh, chronically, uh, probably decreasing uh, total protein uh, somewhat uh, to, to uh, keep your total fat intake lower, uh, any kind of uh, reliance on fat for energy is going to uh, interfere with your sugar use uh, and the uh, the thyroid and calcium uh, and vitamin D are going to help uh, re- restore your ability to uh, oxidize glucose. Thanks, Kirk. Thanks, Ray. Uh, Teresa and Diana both... Um Send super chats, but no questions. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Teresa. Another one from Space Act 99. They say best meds slash supplements to increase mitochondria and mitochondrial function. Uh, carbon dioxide is essential and, and very powerful for that. Uh, and so all of the, the things that support oxidative metabolism are going to uh, shift you towards uh, the, the better supply of of carbon dioxide, and the angiotensin inhibitors are starting to be recognized as supporting mitochondrial energy production, reducing inflammation and degeneration. So the boutique supplement of breathing into a bag, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Kirk has another question here. He says, my 67-year-old mother has one... um, has one 1.2 centimeter nodule on her thyroid. Her TSH is 2.5, free T4 uh, 1.0. However, her TPOAB is 32.9 IU slash ML, which is well beyond the 5.5 limit. What would you suggest to correct the nodule? Thank you. Uh, which one was high? Uh, TPOAB, uh, thyroid peroxidase, is that what it is? TPOAB 32.9. Uh, uh, correcting uh, the getting getting the TSH down to uh, something like zero point four uh, would be tremendously helpful. Thanks for that, Ray. Thanks, Kirk. Uh, Cornelius says, uh, any thoughts on how to treat excess saliva? It happens whenever I eat. 
I get massive uh, excess saliva. Foods high in choline, eggs, etc., are a lot worse. I think it is a cholinergic crisis. Yeah. Um, uh, often, uh, getting your thyroid uh, going helps to shift your balance towards sympathetic adrenaline activity and and suppress the parasympathetic. Thanks for that, Cornelius. Thanks, Ray. Uh, Zachary says, uh, 16-year-old 16, 16 breast cancer received radiation, had a lupin, uh, lumpenectomy, uh, had a couple, <laughs> had a couple lump scars since uh, now, <laughs> lump scars since. Now 19, what remedies would you recommend to help prevent it coming back? Lower estrogen slash cortisol question mark? Uh, sure. Uh, thyroid, vitamin D, and aspirin are very powerful protectants against estrogen and cancer development. Thanks for that, Zachary. Thanks, Ray. Uh, Cornelius has another one. He says, does Ray have any thoughts as to why taking supplemental T3 may cause a negative change in body odor? Uh, negative uh, being worsening? That, that's what I assume. Uh, uh, yeah, it can increase your sweat production. Uh, and uh, uh, just taking uh, uh, one, one or two uh, showers uh, with 10% sulfur soap uh, can eliminate uh, permanently a, a bad a balance of, of bacteria on your skin. Uh, and can make a difference in uh, the the odor of your your body uh, uh, the sweat uh, for a long time. Thanks for that, Ray. Thanks, Cornelius. Uh, Simon says, "What are your opinions on nicotine as a pro metabolic substance, and is there some overlap with nicotinamide?" Uh, no, I don't think there's a, any any overlap that I've ever run across. Uh, what about you, George? Do you know of any overlap? I don't know of any overlap. I think um, there is some there is some evidence that nicotine in low do well, actually it, it it is a there's some studies showing that it's a powerful aromatase inhibitor, and there's some other components of tobacco leaves such as cotinine, which is a you know structurally similar to nicotine, but they all seem to activate the the adrenergic the sympathetic system when when overdone. Um, so the uh, animal studies that I've seen that showed protection for Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease, um, heart disease, uh, and cancers, they use the equivalent of one to two milligrams daily, which is half a cigarette. And I think most people that use the nicotine gums or the patches, they consume uh, drastically more, and it and it becomes very quickly becomes a stress agent. It's, at least that that's what I've seen. Uh, oh, uh, on the um, excess saliva question, I should have mentioned. Uh, that the things that promote the sympathetic system, uh, 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 such as uh, uh, atropine uh, or uh, even the uh, anticholinergic effects of ciproheptadine uh, and the antihistamines, uh, are likely to help. Great stuff. Uh, thanks for that, guys. Um, okay, Victoria says, how do I uh, lengthen my menstrual cycle? both follicular and luteal phase. I'm 26 years old and my cycle ranges from 23 to 29 days with 26 uh, being the average. Uh, that seems close enough. 
but uh, uh, increasing the uh, thyroid uh, level uh, will lower the estrogen, uh, and uh, sometimes that will make it click into a, a very standard 28-day cycle. But uh, I've never seen any bad uh, effects associated with a variation of only 26 to 29 days. Great stuff. Thanks for that, Ray. Okay, our 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 comrade, our buddy, comrade James for thirty dollars US, but no question. Thank you, comrade James. Uh, Francis Bacon Cheeseburger says recommendations for daily progesterone routine for a male in their thirties. If you don't have any symptoms, uh, uh, I think just a, a drop or two of progesterone or. or Maybe five milligrams uh, has a, a probably a protective general uh, uh, stamina increasing effect. We get a lot of people saying they're taking men taking 20, 30 milligrams, you know, like, and they seem to be uh, doing really well on it. And that, that seems to be some, Georgie and I are both constantly inundated with that uh, anecdote. So that is very interesting. Good. Uh, yeah, so, uh, sometimes uh, that's enough uh, to shrink a man's penis temporarily, <laughs> but for, for others, uh, because it inhibits the conversion of testosterone to estrogen, uh, sometimes it's powerfully uh, libido-promoting mm-hmm. uh, pro-testosterone, but it's very individual. I get emails all the time from men over 50 saying that they're using 100 milligrams from Progesty <laughs> and, and they, they recovered their morning erections, which they had lost like 20 years ago. Very good. <laughs> Thanks for that, Ray. And thank you, uh, Francis Bacon Cheeseburger. Okay, uh, Jane, this is, I think that's the same question James, we already talked about with James. Zach says, do people... Uh, typically experience negative symptoms during the process of reducing endotoxin, cortisol, serotonin, or estrogen, uh, i.e. getting worse before they get better? Uh, I, I always doubt it. That's an old medical trick. Uh, I, I give you uh, my, my <laughs> personally compounded drug and you get very sick. <laughs> so I, uh, that, that's evidence that it's curing you. Uh, uh, when you get sick after a vaccine, that's evidence that it's working, <laughs> they are saying now. But, but that's been a, a, a constant centuries-old ploy uh, of the medical uh, industry to uh, say you have to get worse before you get better. Yeah, when they cut, burn, or poison you, you're going to get worse first. <laughs> or, or, or at least they're saying, look, we actually gave you something that does have an effect. It's not a placebo. <laughs> Uh, isn't there like a name for this? I think it's called like a Hertzheimer reaction yeah, or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, uh, basically the, the same thing, uh, a medical invention to uh, d- defend the harm they do. So, so the, the, the uh, heroic therapy for cancer is basically an extreme version of that. They kill you in order to save you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the statistics show that that uh, the survival rate has never been improved by uh, surgery, uh, radiation, or chemotherapy uh, as a whole. 
individual studies are constantly showing it. But if you added up the thousands of individual evidence of benefit, it would be very strange that on the whole population you see, if anything, a slightly worsening of the outcome. I'm just refreshing my page here so I can get more of the super chats. Who was the guy, uh, Harry Rubin, Henry Rubin, the guy that went across the world and he found that treating cancer was of no value at all, or at least by standard medical procedures. Uh, yeah. Uh, I uh, was at a seminar, uh, uh, 1969, I think uh, a world conference on uh, the immune system. Uh, and he, uh, and uh, a beginning, uh, Oregon uh, uh, instructor in biology were the only uh, truth-oriented people <laughs> there. All of the big shots from around the world were there, uh, and they were all uh, doing their phony thing. Uh, and Harry Rubin uh, and this uh, uh, young professor, not, no one listened to them very much, but uh, they, they actually had uh, uh, facts and uh, Supportive evidence and interesting stories uh, that uh, showed the uh, falseness of what all all the immunologists were doing. Amazing. Uh, We have about 30 more minutes here, so we'll rush through these, not rush through, we'll try to get through as many questions as possible. Ray, Pete, thank you so much for doing this. You know, sincerely appreciate it. Georgie Dinkov, thank you so much for being my partner in crime and always uh, doing all of these and making the show what it is. So thank you to both you guys. Thank you for our amazing listenership, which is um, extremely dedicated and loyal and sincerely appreciate all of you guys so much. Okay, so uh, Jordan for $5, no message. Thank you so much, Jordan. Elliot Cactus says, uh, how is THC and CBD understood in the bioenergetic view of health? Any recommendations, dietary supplements slash drugs slash lifestyle for regular regular (laughs) marijuana users? Uh, Oh, oh, uh, uh, THC, was that the question? Yeah, how is THC and CBD understood in a bioenergetic view? I've been looking for the the real beneficial effects, and it's always very ambiguous as far as I can see. It is sedative, and in some circumstances, anti-inflammatory, but not always. And for many years, I haven't been able to resolve the ambiguity to have a definite opinion. Thanks for that. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, uh, go- one more thing for me to add. A study from 2017 came out, demonstrated that pregnenolone can antagonize most of the um, um, intoxicating effects of marijuana, which is probably not what people are looking for. They're trying to get high on it. Um, but also animal studies subsequently show that um, it can protect from some of the anti-androgenic effects and estrogenic effects of marijuana as well. So, I guess if somebody's using heavily marijuana and, and wants to continue to use it, which I don't think it's a good idea, but if that's their thing, um, I, I, uh, the human equivalent of about 30 to 50 milligrams of pregnenolone based on the mouse study um, seems to be able to uh, block most of the negative effects and some of the positive if sedation is your thing. <laughs> Thanks for that, guys. Uh, appreciate it. 
Okay, David, a boy for four ninety nine. Thank you. So, no message. Thank you, David. Jordan. Okay, this might have been his question. He says, "Preparing for dark days ahead. What supplements should my wife uh, and I have on hand, and how do you recommend storing uh, us dogs, chickens living in uh, MN? Um, is that Minnesota? <laughs> well, Minnesota. Yeah. Um." Dark, dark days in what sense? I.e. cyber attack, un, uh, um, BLM infiltration in your home. <laughs> like, you know, the I guess all the things were, were chronically food talking chain, about. Yeah, food, food chain, chain disruptions and things like that. Uh, um, ha- having uh, some uh, stable calorie supplies and some protein, uh, you're... If the crisis comes, you're going to want to share your supplies with the people who who didn't stock up. So you, uh, the quantity that you put away should be economical and and long lasting. Uh, we happen to have a barrel or two of uh, coconut oil, and it's always good to have a, a, a few twenty pound bags of sugar and maybe forty pounds of. Uh, gelatin powder on hand. Great stuff. Great suggestions. Uh, KBP. Quick, quick question yeah, yeah, about the food. Uh, have you seen Ray? Have you seen that Walmart sells this uh, thing called Astronaut Food Supply, and they're basically <laughs> commercializing what NASA did in the seventies. Uh, basically, it's powdered eggs, dehydrated milk, um, uh, sugar. Um, and I think they have some kind of a starch, which uh, I don't remember what the source of that was. But basically, they claim it's a complete diet for that can uh, uh, last for a century at room temperature. And they're, they're selling three months, six months, 12-month supplies. Do you think there's any value in getting those dehydrated eggs and milk? Or do you think it's dangerous? Uh, um, I, I've always wondered to have a good supply of powdered milk on hand. But uh, I've been having... Uh, trouble uh, finding out uh, exactly how how they prepare the the, the particles that don't clump, uh, and uh, I've been afraid that uh, they're using nanoparticles as anti-clumping agents. Uh, and uh, so, for the present, uh, I would uh, not rely too heavily on that. What about uh, evaporated slash condensed milk, which is sold in cans? You're basically getting the equivalent of a gallon of milk in a small can. Yeah, I think that's good to have. It the can might eventually deteriorate, but it'll last quite a while, and maybe some canned sardines. Great stuff. Thanks for that. Um, okay, KBP for nine ninety nine. No message. Thank you so much, KBB. New Health again says uh, I seem to get um, lump, uh, a low, a lump in my throat feeling, and itchy spots slash hives on my body from Sinomel slash Sinoplus. Any solutions? I, well, uh, how fast was it taken? That that's sometimes the problem. Uh, if you try to correct uh, the problem. Uh, in uh, just a few days or a week, uh, that can cause the gland uh, to uh, shrink so much that you get discomfort in your throat. Interesting. And uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think this is probably worth clarifying. Like, how much do you think is too much at one time with food? 
for T3? Yeah, T3. Uh, uh, with a meal, uh, 10 micrograms is probably the maximum that you want. Uh, otherwise, it shouldn't be over 5 micrograms at a time. The meal will spread it out quite a bit and make it a steadier supply. And last question for me, uh, uh, would you feel confident swallowing that tablet that it would dissolve in the stomach or would you chew it? Oh, I always chew. Okay. Uh, and the tablet, uh, it helps you uh, know, know somewhat what it's made of. Great stuff. Is there any benefit in taking thyroid with fat, long chain fats in order to go through the lymphatic system instead of going, uh, most of it going to the liver? I, I think as it digests, it's going to uh, distribute itself. Uh, the, the amino acids uh, that, that are more uh, hydrophobic uh, might get taken up uh, in the chylomicrons. Great stuff. Uh, thanks for that, guys. Uh, okay. Uh, Tom says, I've had numerous people note that the development of varicose veins with pregnenolone and progesterone use Please could Ray comment on this. Thanks all. Uh, I, I would question the quality of the supplement used first uh, because uh, their biological functions are just the opposite. Uh, I, I've seen horribly bulging uh, veins uh, normalize in an hour with a big dose of progesterone and uh, uh, more more slowly uh, with a big dose of or many big doses of uh, pregnenolone. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, uh, someone who got bad products uh, uh, reported that and started people uh, thinking about it. Uh, and then if they don't get uh, immediate improvement, uh, they they think they might be getting worse. Um, I wanted to add something to that. Um, I've also seen, I mean, uh, it's very important to make the distinction between varicose veins and more well-defined veins. Uh, sometimes people, when they have edema, uh, you can't even see the veins, uh, e even the contours on their on their hand or their legs. And when they take progesterone or pregnenolone, the edema rapidly uh, decreases and then the veins become more visible. That That's not the same as, as varicose veins. I've never seen a person... Uh, uh, develop varicose veins from uh, pregnant or progesterone. Uh, yeah, the effect uh, when you get enough is exactly uh, the opposite. Uh, uh, for example, a, a big uh, vein uh, known to be so uh, bulging that it can't possibly have any valve action uh, with a very big dose of progesterone, uh, the muscle can be activated to the point that the, the vein narrows and the flaps of the valve on each side of the, the vein can then reach each other and, and close off the flow. What would you consider a big dose uh, when, when you, in, in that context? Uh, it depends on how high your estrogen is. Uh, if a person has very high estrogen, it might take uh, 400 milligrams of progesterone, but uh, that amount would uh, knock some people out. And we're talking orally, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Do you think there's any benefit in taking lower dose orally to avoid the sedation and rubbing, like I guess, the other half on the on the actual vein? Uh, uh, yeah, putting it topically on while taking a moderate dose is probably the best approach. Great stuff. Okay, Gazamongo says any critique on the croissant diet claims SCD one causes obesity and sugar raises that. It's a low PUFA, super high saturated fat diet. Uh, who, whose diet? What, what diet? It's like there was a, a study showing eating a ton of French croissants, which basically were baked with almost fully saturated fat, uh, but also, of course, a lot of starch in them, led to a drastic weight loss and improvement in health. Uh, the, the sucrose itself, uh, uh, some experiments show that uh, you, you can increase the metabolic rate by 20% uh, just with sucrose. Uh, and so uh, uh, when you when you do it just right, uh, sugar is a very powerful weight loss uh, uh, instrument. Great stuff. Uh, thanks for that, Ray. Um, okay, we're heading to the end of our time here, but I'll keep reading these. Uh, KT has no message. Thank you so much, KT, for your donation. Uh, Yodi the Wodel says alcohol in terms of capitalizing on the social li- <laughs> libidinal economy. I recently realized I wasn't drinking enough. What amount is, be- <laughs> is best for lipofuscin? I wasn't drinking enough. That's great. Uh, 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 vitamin E is known uh, uh, to, to be fairly effective at clearing up lipofuscin. Uh, progesterone is effective, uh, and the amount of alcohol uh, that can clear it up is uh, very small. Uh, something like uh, a gram or two a day uh, is enough to ha- have a helpful effect on lipofuscin. Okay, Space99 Yak again uh, says, Georgie said the outer layer of the adrenal gland uh, atrophy. Is there any way to reverse that if that happens to someone and any way of knowing if it has. So, well, uh, go ahead. <laughs> pregnenolone and, and progesterone both uh, help to uh, protect the adrenals so they can uh, regenerate. Uh, what I meant by that comment was that with aging, the, the layer that produces DHEA and pregnenolone tends to atrophy, and then the only one that remains is the cortisol-producing one. Ray, what was that guy? Uh, he has like a series of excellent papers on this subject. I think Parker. Do you know who I'm talking about? Like he, he studied this in depth. Uh, no, uh, it, the, the name doesn't ring a bell. No worries. Okay. Uh, last few questions here. Uh, Spencer says a 30 male low total cholesterol, 116 to 119 and DHEA for the la- and low DHEA for the last 10 years. Uh, got the cholesterol up to 166 cutting starch with the using the carrot salad, increasing sugar, fructose, and calcium have all hypo symptoms, but my temps and pulses are normal. Any advice? Why? Uh, not on any thyroid. Uh, what kind of symptoms are hyper? I'm not sure what that means. Uh, I, have, I think maybe I misspoke. He said hypo. So I think this person had a gynecomastia. I think he had uh, thinning hair and I think he had a kind of classical May, I, I can't remember, maybe constipation as well, but kind of like cl- classical types of hyposymptoms. Uh, 
um, and and temperature was normalized. I think he was reading them on a. They were higher, like um, through the day. But in in general, I think this person felt terrible. Um, the the, the uh, checking checking for anything pro-inflammatory in the diet uh, would be a first step uh, to see if the inflammation was interfering with their function. Wouldn't sometimes very high cortisol and serotonin produce like a like a high body temperature at the expense of destroying the muscles and everything else? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the stress hormones generally rise when your uh, thyroid is low uh, and uh, it takes uh, quite a while when you're in, under stress uh, to to uh, adapt fully to the thyroid supplement. So uh, Broda Barnes, uh, uh, over his career, uh, learned that it was best to uh, aim for three or four months uh, for full uh, correction with thyroid. Uh, and people uh, get so Im- impatient, they, they think of uh, uh, correcting a deficiency as uh, sort of a, a matter of a day or two, but <laughs> it, it really, uh, it, it, since the whole system has to evolve in a different direction uh, under the, the the better energy supply, uh, you should look at the time scale of uh, something like three months. Yeah, I think he has a whole section on that in his book, like uh, what to expect and when and when changes will occur and when they won't. Um, great stuff. Okay. Andrew Gassiel says, um, thank you. Tyromax is the bomb. I can sweat again. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Oscar Gomez for $5, but no message. Thank you, Oscar. Uh, mercy me for nine nine nine, but no message. Thank you. Mercy me. Ben, uh, he says, take more of my money. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Uh, Carlos Rangel for uh, just a sicker, but no message. Thank you, Carlos. Car- Carlin Brooks for $25, but no message. Thank you so much, Carlin. And let me just refresh this page really quick. And while I'm doing that, Ray, what are you working on right now? I'm not, not working on anything, but thinking about the, some of the old themes, uh, uh, giving them a, a new perspective, uh, uh, atherosclerosis and estrogen, for example, uh, something related to that is going to be my next newsletter. Speaking of uh, the older views, um, since Metchnikov was an embryologist, do you know of any field in medicine or science in general that's still retaining some of those views and teaching them to the younger generations? I know that they were all effectively erased from the profession by the mid-1950s. And so a few of the very young people are starting to look around uh, and uh, uh, m- might be hope for the future. I can't believe this. We're probably going to get through the questions here. So guys, we have 187 people watching. Please give this episode a like. I know it's arbitrary, but it really helps with the show. Um, again, thank you to Ray for sitting here and being barraged by questions for two hours. Sincerely appreciate it. Thank you, Georgie Dinkov, again, my partner in crime, making this all possible. So there's just a few more questions. Maybe we can get through these and just call it a night. But um Okay, so I mentioned Carlin. This one's a scout. And they say, do you think magnetofection could have been added to the COVID vaccine to facilitate the mRNA getting into the cell? Could that explain all the magnetic videos on the the internet? 
I don't think they had to add anything. The the naked nucleic acids have no problem getting into cells. I think they were calling the lipid coat a necessary way to get it into cells, but when they've compared lipid encapsulated DNA molecules with free DNA, in some situations, the free DNA works better than the lipid encapsulated encapsulated forms. Uh, and I think the, the real situation is likely to be that the, the so-called lipid uh, carrier is really a, a powerful adjuvant, uh, a source of inflammation. Thanks for that. Uh, another sticker from Fuhiha. Uh, thank you so much for that. Peggy. Hey, Peggy. She says, um, how to use progesterone to postpone menopause. Thank you. Uh, oh, uh, uh, just using it cyclically is the important thing uh, so that your liver doesn't uh, get in the habit of excreting it too fast. Uh, so you have to lay off for uh, one or two weeks every month uh, and stay on cycle with it. Uh, uh, I've mentioned before that uh, I met a, a gynecologist who was in the 70s and he had this very young-looking wife. Uh, he said, that I've been giving her uh, progesterone every month for uh, 20 years and she's still menstruating at, at the age of 63. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Uh, this one's from Nancy. She just sent a sticker. Thank you so much, Nancy. Space 99 Yak again for, uh, <laughs> he says the benefits, uh, talk about the benefits of allopregnanolone. It's mostly what per, uh, per, uh, what progesterone does, it's one of the important conversion products in the brain, a neurosteroid. And so everything we think of progesterone doing to mood perception, stability, stopping seizures, helping with psychoses, it's really uh, part, partly the effect of the allopregnanolone. Amazing. Uh, thanks, Space99. Thank you, Ray. And the last, uh, no, maybe we have three questions left. <laughs> okay. The, this one's from Gregory. And um, what is the time here? Okay. This one, uh, Gregory says, for the last few years, my father has developed excessively dry palms to the point they crack and the flesh is exposed. Doctors don't know what it, the cause is and just prescribe ointments. Any ideas? Uh, thank you, Ray. Uh, check his thyroid. Uh, it's responsible for uh, both uh, sebum and sweat production in the skin. Uh, if your thyroid is low, uh, your, your skin uh, almost invariably gets uh, dry. Okay, the absolute last two uh, questions here. Uh, and then maybe we can talk about some cultural stuff uh, if you don't have to go right but um this is from zach he says how to tell sh uh, sugar is converting into carbon dioxide versus lactic lactic acid yeah you feel very good <laughs> uh, and uh, you, you you might feel panic and anxiety uh, to the extent that it's turning uh, to lactic acid 
Thanks for that, Ray. Uh, thank you, Zach. Okay, the last question here. Kirk, he says, Hi, Ray. I think I have heard you mentioned in a talk that a thousand calories a day while still getting all the RDA protein as well as for vitamins and minerals is an effective short-term way to lose weight in the short term. Any truth to this? Uh, yeah, it isn't good for your health, but uh, if you have to lose weight, uh, keeping the minerals uh, up is very important. Uh, uh, calcium, magnesium, uh, potassium, and sodium uh, are uh, very protective against uh, too much uh, of the stress reaction. I'm just I have a related question. Um, they're now starting human studies with the uh, drug RU486, uh, which you have an article about uh, mentioning uh, the drug ray. And it's basically, even though it's known as the abortion pill, it was developed as a cortisol blocker. That, that was its original design and purpose. Uh, and now they're having several clinical trials showing sustained, rapid and sustained weight loss by using uh, anywhere between 300 to 600 milligrams of that thing daily. Um, do you think something similar can be achieved with progesterone um, uh, instead of messing with the diet and drastically reducing the calories? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, carefully adjusting uh, your thyroid and progesterone uh, and DHEA, pregnenolone, uh, those uh, can uh, sustain a, a very high metabolic rate, increased body temperature, uh, so that you burn calories uh, much faster. And Piotr Bagnuski basically said, uh, how, how to burn fat while eating the, the Ray Pete inspired diet. I gained 10 pounds. And so kind of intersects with what we were just talking about. What, what should be the focus if a person is gaining weight? Uh, uh, not to eat so many calories first, uh, and then to, uh, gradually shift, uh, towards a lower fat in intake, uh, uh, whatever keeps your temperature up uh, without uh, ha having an excess of calories. Uh, uh, then you, you, as your temperature stays higher, uh, you'll be burning more calories uh, and uh, uh, be able to uh, eat, eat more and more uh, uh, up to uh, uh, maybe 3,000 calories a day for a sedentary person uh, without getting fat. Thanks for that. And Goli Ag doesn't have a question, but they donated $20. Thank you, Goli. And then Space Yak, again, donated more, more cash. Thank you so much, Space Yak. We're going to call it there. Ray, I don't like keeping you more than two hours. Is there anything uh, specifically interesting that you feel like needs a spotlight shined on that's happened uh, through medical or cultural or anything like that? Or do you have to go and we can also just let you go? <laughs> well, more and more. Uh, kids uh, are dying right after uh, getting uh, vaccinated. Uh, so uh, I think uh, more people are starting to think in terms of uh, murder rather than uh, an, uh, co coincidental uh, uh, death uh, when, when they get sudden uh, uh, swelling of the heart uh, uh, that kills them. Uh, the the uh, I, I think the public is slowly starting to wake up. Didn't the CDC like stealth edit their page or something and say that kids actually did not need vaccine when they had been promoting the idea for a, a period of months uh, or so? Uh, yeah, yeah, they said that very openly. And then uh, <laughs> the, the reaction from the press 
uh, uh, such that they erased it from their website. And uh, someone who mentioned uh, the original statement that, that kids uh, don't need uh, the vaccination, uh, his comment was censored as contrary to Facebook's uh, policy. Uh, so, in effect, the World Health Organization was censored by Facebook. And people might not tolerate a child kids dying as much as they would just older adults. Uh, uh, yeah, everyone is fine with when uh, <laughs> eighty or a hundred percent of the people in a nursing home die right after getting vaccinated. But uh, when a thirteen-year-old kid uh, dies suddenly three days after his second uh, vaccination, uh, people are starting to uh, question authority. And then this is not won't be surprising to you, but I did peruse a paper. It was something like 84-year-old uh, man autopsy after first Pfizer vaccine. And the gist of the paper was something like all of his vital organs contained the, what is it, like the RNA, the viral, the spike protein or something. And, and and so this again, just more confirmation of everything you've been saying since March of 2020 that that this whole thing is a total charade and it's not localized and that it likely killed this person like 18 days after and they I guess was this was like a landmark because it was the first autopsy of somebody who'd been vaccinated. Uh, yeah, and people should keep remembering that uh, uh, influenza was effectively wiped out by the surge in so-called COVID deaths, uh, mean, meaning that the total pneumonia deaths uh, didn't change. Do you think, have you seen some of the new proposals in Congress and Senate uh, to break up and rein in big big tech? Do you think there's any, there's any um, I don't know, honesty to these efforts or do you think it's, it's all a game? Uh, to rein in what? The big technology companies censoring people left and right oh. and basically uh, destroying society as we know it? It's hard to imagine that person surviving a breakup of of the, the computer industry and Facebook and Amazon. That's such a... a, a totalitarian system, uh, I, I doubt that she's going to be able to uh, accomplish anything. And so that, basically the empire really depends <laughs> on, for its survival on, on the on the big tech complex. So any attempt to subvert that will probably be met with brutality. I, I would guess so. And then last question, uh, any Thoughts on impending cyber attack, you know, uh, Cyber Polygon, the World Economic Forum, it's going to happen next month. And it's not rare for these things to go live after a month or two. You know, is there, is there anything you're doing right? And, and like, how would you survive if, if infra infrastructure and things uh, collapsed? Uh, after a while, I, I'm sure I, I would end up in Mexico. <laughs> But you don't really depend on the internet to live a productive life, do you? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> and you so just, it, may be, it may be a blessing in disguise. You'll simply <laughs> go back to pen and paper and calling people on the phone and meeting them in person? Uh, yeah, uh, sort of uh, hoping that that will happen, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of counterintuitive for 
the system that sustains the ignorance to be turned off. But some people are saying people would go like psychotic within a week or two. Do you think there's any truth to that? No. No? Interesting. Uh, well, unless you define psychotic as contact or reality. <laughs> There may be a withdrawal period, a period of like a, a abstinence or something. But uh, I, I also agree. I think people will quickly uh, discover how much they've been duped and how much they don't want their internet connection back. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, including throwing away their cell phones. <laughs> okay, great stuff. I won't hold you any a bit longer. Stay on the line. We'll just uh, say thank you again. Uh, so, Ray, thank you so much for doing this. Georgie, thank you so much. And we have an amazing listenership and I'll stay up after this and I'll do timestamps for all these questions and things and, and sincerely appreciate all the support. When you see us again, I think we'll be have a souped up system and it will be very uh, nice and my computer won't be over, overheating and on the verge of collapse every single time we do this. So, guys, thank you so much. Uh, special appreciation to Ray for just two hours answering questions and Georgie, thank you again. And thank you to our amazing listenership and audience. Uh, have a safe weekend, everybody. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Take care. Bye everyone.